2: For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. All-Hit Radio! Welcome to the X-Zone.
3: Welcome back, everyone. This is the Zone. I am Rob McConnell, and, yep, we're still coming to you after 26 years from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at TV.com on all social media sites, radio TV, and our radio website, TV.com. and if you'd like to find out the other great programming that we have available for you 24-7-365, www.xzbn.net My guest for this hour, Explanation, is Janice Carlson. Now, Janice holds a Bachelor of Science degree in Communication and Secondary Education. After a year spent as an advertising copywriter, she authored 15 novels for New York Publishing House under her fiction writing pen name, Ashland Price. Then in 1992, Janice accidentally discovered her ability to communicate with the dead. Since that time, she has done thousands of afterlife communication sessions for clients throughout the United States. Now, are you all sitting down for this? Because she does this with a money-back guarantee of contact. The only lady I have ever spoke to doing this show, 26 years, 5 nights a week, 4 guests a night, who gives a money-back guarantee of contact. Her recent book, Soul Sensing, How to Communicate with Your Dead Loved Ones, received a glowing four-star review from the San Francisco Book Review, as well as the raves from scores of radio and podcast hosts throughout America. Janice is now at work on a series of haunted travelogue books covering her experiences as a professional medium in sacred and haunted locations all over North America. Her website, www.janicecarlson.com, Dot com. And Janice, welcome back to the Exxon. Great having you with us.
1: Thank you, Rob. Thanks for having me.
3: So let me ask you a very basic question. What are soul sensings?
1: Soul senses are my name for uh, what some people call astral senses. Mm-hmm. They're the inner senses that kind of mirror your actual physical senses, like seeing and hearing and tasting and smelling. All of those things have an echo ability, an echo um, ability that's within you. It's like um, sometimes you'll smell something in a room and you'll Mm -hmm. say, oh, my God, that smells like cigar smoke and other people aren't smelling it. And, uh, And often that's a deceased loved one trying to communicate with you because you may know them by the smell of their aftershave or their Um, You know, there's cigars or cigarettes Mm -hmm. or whatever. So um, they're kind of inner senses, and other people aren't necessarily going to have the same experience that are with you.
3: Tell me, what was it that happened in 1992 that, you know, allowed you to discover your ability to communicate with the dead?
1: Um I was visiting the house of somebody who was doing some freelance work for me, and I happened to tell Mm -hmm. her that I knew the former owner of this townhouse. And she said, you know, I love this place, but I wish she had told me it was haunted before she sold it to me. And I said, I've known that woman for years, the previous owner, and we've been to the place, the townhouse, several times, and um, she's never mentioned any hauntings. I mean you know, it just sounded really uh, off somehow, because I had, like I said, we'd been to several events and things at this townhouse and their parties, and I just didn't, it didn't sound quite right. And um, then as I moved farther into this, this lady's townhouse, I was just admiring how well she had redecorated it and kind of made it her own. And uh, my eyes kind of lighted upon this um, picture of a Oh, I'd say a, a, a 60-ish woman on the piano, um, and, and uh, I said, you, I have the oddest sensation that that is who's visiting you here. I don't think it's a haunting. I think it's a a visiting of some kind, and she said, oh, that's my mother. She died about eight years ago in a horseback riding accident, and then things kept popping into my mind, like names, and I just I just said them. To, to Jody the the current owner of the mm-hmm. townhouse and I said, does any of this mean anything to you because it's like flowing through me and I feel compelled to say it to you and she was just in tears she said, my god you know that's Pat is the aunt that my my mother was with when she had her horseback riding accident and um, some of the other names you're mentioning are family names and there, there was no way I wow. could know this stuff. So I felt very kind of swept off my feet by it, especially because this was before there were what we call the TV mediums on, right. you know, that we'd all know like John Edward, James Van Praagh, um, and so forth, and Manhattan media or the Long, Long Island, Island medium yeah. and so forth. Yeah. So I, I just had no context for it. All
3: right, all. you and I are going to continue this interesting conversation with the one and only Janice Carlson when we come back from this break. Exonation in two minutes. Janice Carlson is the only, and I mean this, the only afterlife communicator who gives a money back guarantee of contact. Her website, janicecarlson.com. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. 401 0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213 401 0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci fi radio programming anywhere twenty-four seven, three sixty-five. 365. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder president By donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com.
4: Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers.
5: You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs,
3: Janice Carlson is our guest, www.janicecarlson.com. Janice, what do you think happened that day in 1992? Do you think that something clicked on within your DNA or, or something happened? How do you explain the sudden ability to communicate and to understand and to, you know, do what you do?
1: I think I'd always had the ability and and I always kind of kept it to myself in regard to just my own two parents who had died by the time I was 10. Um my uh so so my biological mo- mother and my um my adoptive father were both dead by the time I was 10 due to illnesses and um I think what happened was that I kind of got hardwired to heaven talking to them um in my own head. But suddenly somebody else picked up on that ability, which was Jody's mother that day, and and thought, gosh, you you know, we've got a medium who's just walked in here. She may not know that yet, but she's going to. And she did say, too, she said, if you're – Talking through you is like playing an an untuned piano. Wow.
6: Um,
1: Because I just had never had much practice at it, and certainly never done it for somebody else before. So, I think the opportunity came, and the sp- and the spirit of her mother grabbed it. I can't say I blame her, at all. I mean, it was a very sudden death. She didn't get a chance to say goodbye to her children, um, and most of us in that spot would do the same thing.
3: How do you deal with skepticism? Because you know, because of a lot of the television shows that are anything but reality. Somebody with your experience with your gift, your talent. You know, how do you how do you fight against or how do you work against the negativity that is being created by the industry?
1: Well, I do that money back guarantee precisely. For that reason. Um, Mediumship got a real black eye around the turn of the century and and the late 1800s, because people were trying to reproduce physical mediumship, things like uh, a a clock suddenly falling off a wall and, and physical things happening as a result of like levitation and stuff. And some mediums had these things occur and then tried to keep reproducing them as more and more groups came through. And that was the trickery that really gave the whole industry a bad, you know, a black eye. And so I thought the only way you can prove to somebody that you're talking to their deceased loved one is to do it and to bring through um, details that they would recognize that you couldn't possibly know from any other source. May- and that's the only way to do it. Maybe m- it's something that has to be t- done one by one for all mm. of us to believe it.
3: Many people believe in reincarnation. What happens if the person that is in front of you requesting the the communication with someone on the other side, they've already been reincarnated? What happens then?
1: I- yeah, I'll get a sense that I'm not able to talk to them,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and nor have they left any kind of memory messages or anything, and so I'll just say that I'm not able to co- to communicate with them um, for whatever reason. And, uh, you know, it could very well be uh, reincarnation is, is certainly one of the reasons.
3: Do you ever get a spirit that says, I don't want to talk?
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Really? Eh? It's... It's fairly rare. I'd say one in every 50 people, mm-hmm. um, I will not be able to read for them. I will not be able to bring through their deceased loved one or pet or whatever. And that's why I think the money-back guarantee is important, too, because nobody wants to get skunked sure. when they pay a medium. They want to feel like they're not just getting vague messages mm-hmm. like, I love you, and stuff like that. You know?
3: Has anybody ever come to you and asked you to ask Aunt May, where she put her secret stash of money, or where the key to the safety deposit box is, or questions like this.
1: Yes, yeah.
3: And is that information readily given by the other side?
1: Sometimes, wow. And sometimes not so much. Yeah, not. It, sometimes it's they just will not answer.
3: Those on the other side are they able to tell the future? Yes. Do they give that future information to those who are seeking their their uh, their input on this side?
1: Yeah, yes. If it's requested, yes. They they. I did. I do have a client that I read for Laura View uh, that I wrote about in my book, um, who's a psychologist. Um, she's got her Ph.D. in psychology, and when her husband died, we found that often he would say things. That didn't have anything to do, she didn't recognize the mm-hmm. information, but we'd write it down anyway or she would, and then these things started happening I mean they started coming true is predict- they were clearly predictions, and I think it was his way of of showing us that that they do look forward in time. Most of the predictions we started keeping track of them came true within about twenty one days wow, so i don't know maybe they can see forward quite a distance Mm -hmm. or maybe they can only see forward three weeks
3: how do you know i understand that there are tricksters on the other side so how do you know when you ask uh, when you communicate with the other side that you're getting the real person and not one of these tricksters
1: well there's no real way to guarantee that but i but mediums for the most part have an awful lot of uh spiritual protection so they tend not to mess with with mediums uh because i suppose they know we we're powerful enough to exercise them from a given setting and so forth
3: what has been your strangest reading that that you've been asked to perform
1: um i think one of the strangest things i've ever seen is is when we left uh uh there was a group of, of sisters that wanted to talk to their deceased mother, mm-hmm. and her name was Lou, uh, like Lou. short for Louise. Oh, okay. And some, and when we came, I, I remember one of the sisters was just crying un- uncontrollably. Oh, and I remember saying, she said, I just miss her so much, I just wish I could get a physical sign. And I said, well, I'm not a physical medium, you know, but I've brought through a lot of information mm-hmm. I couldn't possibly know. And when we left the room where we'd been doing the uh, the session, yeah. um, someone bumped into a shelf that contained baby blocks, and the baby blocks fell off and spelt out the word Lou, hmm. L-O-U. And so that was one of the strangest things I've seen because, as I said, I'm not a physical medium, but when, when physical mediumship occurs around, around my readings, it always really takes me back.
3: When you say you're not a physical medium, what is a physical medium?
1: A physical medium is someone who causes physical energy to manifest itself in mm-hmm. that setting, in the form of levitation, in the form of... Um, Like I say, a clock maybe, gonging when it's not supposed to, those kinds of physical things to happen, the lights to switch on and off, that sort of thing.
3: Have you ever been requested to read, or I'm sorry, not to read, but to communicate with someone on the other side in a very unusual place that has been requested by the person who wants the reading done or the communication done?
1: The only real unusual place was a reading I did one time from my literary agent, and she said, I have a grandfather who was really kind of a rotten guy, and I'm wondering if you can tell me anything about what you're seeing. And uh, what she meant by rotten is just that he was horrible to other people and that sort of thing, a villainous type. And what I saw was, uh, I've never seen this before or since, um, him rotting. In, in a coffin I mean it was it, it was really vivid and I just had the feeling that he was trapped there his soul was trapped in this box underground
3: so if you were doing um, when you're doing a, a, a reading or a communication are you at any time in physical danger of yourself?
1: always clean and seal my aura before mm-hmm. I do a reading. I also say the Lord's Prayer. Um, I do, so I take steps to make sure that, you know, I'm not going to be possessed in any way. And, uh, and I, I pretty much will only do this if I feel I'm talking to someone who's in heaven. I, I don't do it in, if I feel that they're in a, in a bad place.
3: Has that ever happened to you when you feel they're in a bad place?
1: Just that aforementioned great-grandfather oh. or whatever he was in the, that coffin, yeah.
3: Is there any demographics that are... Well, let me let me ask a different different way. Are there more ladies that come to you or more men?
1: As far as clients go? Yeah. Okay. I thought maybe you meant spirits that talk to me from the other side. It is more women, mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah, more women, prob- probably, I'd have to say that, yes. Mm-hmm.
3: Why do you think more women than men?
1: I think women may be more comfortable with the emotions that occur with a medium reading. Is it there emotional? Are a lot of, te- lot of tears, really? usually. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Okay, so besides being a medium and communicating with the other side, what else can you help people with? What gifts can you use?
1: Um, I'm psychic, mm-hmm. uh, all mediums are, and so I, I can do, you know, readings about their future, that type of thing. Often at the beginning of the year, I'll be busy doing a lot of uh, readings about what the coming year is going to bring for various clients and stuff.
3: How do you see the rest of this year with the political unrest that we see around the world? Look at what's happening in North Korea. Yeah. How do you, um, how do you think that's going to fare out?
1: I feel this strange I feel in in my chakras this strange sort of um still before the storm kind of a feeling and I and I don't know quite what that's about I haven't mm-hmm. quite pinned that down personally I don't see the Trump administration going its 4 years um I see him being impeached probably or quitting that position.
3: That would be strange to see Um, him quit. I've never, I've never known or heard anybody say that Donald Trump, the citizen or Donald Trump, the president has ever been anything uh, like a quitter.
1: Um, but if you get into whether or not this job is really making him happy, Mm -hmm. whether or not he is feeling popular, which is very important to him to be liked. um, it, you know, those kinds of questions m- m- might cause him to to leave the office.
3: Hmm. Interesting. You mentioned chakras. What are chakras, and how do they play into being a psychic or a medium?
1: They're energy points at different parts of your body. That I, I really recommend anyone who's interested in, in in metaphysics and New Age stuff should familiarize themselves with their chakras and they are energy points Mm -hmm. at different parts of your body. One is at the crown and top of your head. Um, One is the, another, the next is a throat chakra, but it also includes tingles you might get around your shoulders and so forth. Um, Then you go down to the heart area Mm -hmm. of your chest and below that your upper stomach, your solar plexus, which is an interesting place because it's it's where people talk about getting butterflies in their stomach before Mm -hmm. performing. Um, It's also a place that can bring you great solace if a a dead one, a a dead loved one, you know, may send you warm energy there that may make you feel comfortable and at peace with them having passed. Um, And, of course, you have the sacral chakra and the root chakra in the lower part of your body.
3: You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Janice, please stand by. Exonation. Janice Carlson is our special guest this hour, www.janicecarlson.com. And this is the Exona a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard, Monday through Friday from 11 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Exon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, across Europe on Radio X. That's just three of the many broadcast affiliates that we have in programming Providers that provide people all around the world. Janice Carlson is my guest. I am Rob McConnell. This is The Exome. We'll be back after the news.
7: Dreams are our personal gateways into infinite wisdom.
3: ExoNation, Janice Carlson is our special guest. She is the author of Soul Sensing, How to Communicate with Your Dead Loved Ones. Her website is www.janicecarlson.com. So tell me, Janice, how can people communicate with their loved ones?
1: Well, the first thing to do is start paying attention to any physical signs that may be happening after mm-hmm. a death in the family, like... Um, Something that would have your dead loved one's signature on it, in other words, it would be an identifying thing. Perhaps one of their belongings will fall to the floor, or you may get an email message from them, you may get a phone message from them, Um, hang-up calls, those kinds of things at significant times, perhaps at the time of their death or their birth. Um, all of those kinds of things. I mean, there's so many signs that you you could just go on listing them forever. Um, Some people tell me they. some of the more recent stuff I'm hearing is they see um, lights Mm -hmm. on the ceiling of their bedroom at night, like um, illuminations they can't figure out but are quite lovely. Um, I think sometimes our loved ones are trying to show us what heaven looks like or parts of heaven. Uh, so just look for anything and, and that connects somehow mm-hmm. to your loved one. It may be a song that comes on the radio that was their favorite or your favorite. And again, you know, an unusual song, something that's not playing all the time now. Um, again, a lot of people are going to write this stuff off as coincidences yeah. or just their imagination. But especially if it happens repeatedly, this is your loved one trying to get your attention and say, I made it to the other side, and I'm okay.
3: So what's the difference between being visited by spirits or loved ones and being haunted by them?
1: Well, loved ones won't haunt you, for the most part, unless they've got an axe to grind for some reason. Um, Haunting has a negative connotation. Often it's a turf war Mm -hmm. issue. In other words... I lived in this house before you moved into this house, mm-hmm. and it's my house, and I want you out of here. Um, so they'll do things to scare you, to, to get you to leave, um, that type of thing. Um, you know, it's it's negative. It has negative yeah. energy to it. Gotcha. But being visited, on the other hand, is, is usually a, a fairly pleasant experience.
3: Um, what are some of the obstacles that people should... Uh, or can expect before succeeding with afterlife communications?
1: One is to trust your inner, your gut and your chakras. Um, people, again, talk about gut feelings. That's your mm-hmm. solar plexus telling you how how things really probably are in your universe. Right. And um, just paying attention to those those chakra points and learning to, to trust yourself and, to, and, and learning to, to not shrug off signs that are, if it's unusual, it's probably a sign.
3: Okay, now, what roles do our right and left brains play in the afterlife communications?
1: Right brain seems to be, you know, if, if, if we go to the biblical context of mm-hmm. this and say the, the kingdom of heaven is within you, I'd have to say the hands-on favorite is your right brain. If it's within you, then that's probably where it is. And that's the child brain, that's the the child part of you that likes to play, it doesn't do well with criticism, Um, it's just very playful and creative, and oftentimes in order to get people loosened up enough to, to receive messages from their loved ones, I have to get them to a point where they're creating and playing more. Which is something that as adults we just don't do anymore often. And and that that's often too white you'll hear in families that the the children are the ones seeing the dead grandparents. Um, children under five especially are still kind of maybe they've got one foot still in in heaven or something. Right. And and they you know, it's they're very right brained. They're not critical mm-hmm. of what's happening.
3: So at the time when someone is being uh communicated with from someone on the other side or they think they're being communicated with is this uh, is this an inner battle that is going on in themselves within their brain the right is trying to be logic and the other one is trying to be open well you
1: know again you really want to look for markers with what mm-hmm. you're getting. Um, is this a deceased loved one? Because they'll put, they'll put some sort of signature on what's happening. For instance, one of my in-laws has a brother that died very young, and one thing they had in common was marksmanship and, and a love of guns and hunting and so forth. And after he died, my brother-in-law found that the, the uh, gun cabinet was opening on its own all the time. It would just sort of fall open. And that it never happened before. So um, he knew that it was his brother trying to communicate with him.
3: What was the message?
1: It's me. Um, that's what they had in common: was their time in the army, um, their love of guns,
6: that how, type of thing.
3: How many times has it come to to fruition, based on your expertise? that the manifestation of the spirit or the ghost is actually being manifested by the person themselves and has nothing to do with the paranormal. That it's their uh, their grief, their desire to have that person back that is actually creating the illusion.
1: Well... I- the ironic part of that is the more grieving someone is, the more deeply in grief they are, the less likely they are to have these kinds of experiences. Why is that? Um, I don't know. I don't know, except that they're just not centered enough to be listening to their chakras at all. Um, they're just so, so bereft that they don't. They're, they may be numb. They may okay. not even know what they're feeling, let alone what a what.
6: Well, a, let, a, let's
3: go a little bit past the the time of grief and around the person's birthday for example a lot of emotions are high you know geez we miss uncle tom and something happens that the person perceives to be a communication but has nothing to do with either the other side or except that the manifestation or the belief of whatever happened was triggered by the person's own desire to have contact with uncle tom again how can you tell the two uh, apart?
1: I think many of these signs will have an outside kind of feeling to them. For instance, no matter how well you knew somebody, mm-hmm. you can't always predict what they're going to say or what they're going to do. And I think that if if the sign especially takes you aback a little bit um, in that you, you weren't expecting it that is something to really pay attention to. If you're sitting all afternoon looking at pictures of a deceased loved one, then don't be surprised if old memories come flooding to mind. But if you're doing something entirely removed from that, you know, like your taxes or whatever, um, and, and some, old memory pops into your mind from 20 years ago, that, that's them communicating with you. It's not you, you know, manifesting it because you probably haven't even thought of that thing. Very often people say to me my God I hadn't mm-hmm. thought of that in 40 years. So it felt like an outside force bringing up that issue.
3: But once again, how do we validate this? How do we say this is what it really is and not the person's own <clears throat> the person's own well, wants and I, I, desires I, I, you know, that's manifesting it, this?
1: Yeah, it doesn't hurt to see a medium, because a medium will um, help validate it for you. Um, Maybe you can conjure Mm -hmm. this up, but uh, someone who's never known your deceased loved one can't.
3: But what happens to a person who goes to the medium and the medium says, geez... There's nothing I can do. I can't connect. This person isn't but, validating what you're saying.
1: Then you then you should get your money back and you should go see a different medium. It, very often a but, medium is but, not... But a what thing. we're
3: saying here is that whether the person is actually having a true experience or not until mm-hmm. some medium tells them that he is, that they keep on believing that they're having an experience that they may not be having. That's not very ethical.
1: Well... Again, you know, I'm not sure I understand what you mean okay, about let that.
3: all right, let me let me just well, I'll try it again. Somebody goes to see a medium because they believe that they have had a communication with a dearly departed one. They go to see this medium. Mm-hmm. The medium says, "No, you know, like or the medium says, "Yes, I'm in contact with this person and gives the person who is seeking the communication on this side no validation as to the true identity of or authenticating the information from the other side when does the person who's seeking the communication with the other side just have to bite the bullet that maybe they're not communicating that the communication is all in their mind
1: I I, I rarely is it all in their mind and again it's it's because it there, you especially look for signs that are completely out of the blue they're they 're not something you thought about for a very long mm-hmm. time. In fact, you may not even remember it and it 's coming through in a reading and very often that 's why it's helpful to have other family members for at a session because one may remember something another one just doesn't
3: but where where does extra extrasensory, extrasensory perception fit into this if the if the medium? is attuned, and is able to use ESP, how do we know that the medium isn't actually picking up the extrasensory perception thought waves of the person who is anticipating the contact with the other side?
1: It's that very surprise element I was talking about, the fact that they cannot always predict, very often they can't, what I'm going to Mm -hmm. say from their deceased loved one.
3: Okay, so... I, I guess it would have to go on the person's faith, the faith that they have in the medium.
1: Yeah, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And that's why vague things like, I love you, mm-hmm. he says, you know, thanks for the lovely funeral. I mean, these things are just very vague, and you want to look for specifics. They won't always be what the specifics you thought would come through, Right. but, but they'll be, um, they will be accurate.
3: How about if a parent comes to you to communicate with their child who passed? That must be very hard for both you and the parents.
1: Yes, yeah.
3: And how long after a person leaves or dies is the best time to communicate with the person?
1: You know, that varies with person to person. Mm -hmm. I've had some spirits that I can talk to the same day as the death. Um, I've had others where I've had to say to the, to the client, you know, we need to do this in about six weeks or so. Uh, you're in too deep a state of grief, and it, your loved one, for whatever reason, is, is, is delayed in being able to communicate with us. So I will, I'll pick a date in the future and say, let's try again on this date.
3: Does it matter if the departed person either goes to heaven or goes to hell?
1: Uh, Yes. Yeah.
3: Are you able to communicate with both upper and lower uh, realms?
1: I'm able to communicate with heaven and with a level that I would call a remedial level. I wouldn't call it purgatory per se because it's Mm -hmm. not about purging or punishing. Right. It's It's about remedial work with a soul, perhaps, who lived their life in a gin bottle, right, did a right. lot of stuff that was rotten, and has to work on, you know, a kind of a 12-step program of sorts.
3: <laughs> All right, Janice, stand by. We've got to take our final break for this hour. ExoNation Janice Carlson is our special guest, www.janicecarlson.com. And uh, Janice has a new book out entitled Soul, C- Soul Sensing, How to Communicate with Your Dead Loved Ones. And once again, www.janicecarlson.com. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and if you'd like to send us an email, Exxon at ExxonRadioTV.com, and don't forget to check out our network website at www.exedbn.net. Welcome back, everyone. Janice Carlson is our guest. Her website is www.janicecarlson.com. She is the author of Soul Sensing, How to Communicate with Your Dead Loved Ones. Um, not only do you write about soul sensing, but you're also, uh, a, you're not a ghost hunter, but you're, you know, you get to visit and write about famously haunting locations. Uh, yeah. isn't, isn't that yeah. the same as ghost hunting?
1: It's not to me, not to my way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, when I go, I don't go there to find a ghost and expel it from the setting that it's in. Right. And I don't go there and, and yell at it to, to get it to come out and manifest itself. Hold
3: on. Hold that I thought. Hold go... that thought. I'd want, I want to ask you something about the yelling at ghosts. Mm-hmm. Isn't that being mm-hmm. disrespectful to the other side?
1: Oh, absolutely. I
3: deplore those people who do that. I think they're very rude. I think they're vulgar. I think I that too. they're disrespectful, and they, they should just vanish from the earth.
1: It's awful. Oh. It really is, and I, I don't know where that got started, if it was meant to add drama to ghost hunting shows on TV or what. But just as, as shouting at people yeah. on earth who are here physically is off-putting, certainly, mm-hmm. and intimidating. It, it can certainly be the same with with. You know yeah. the the souls of dead people. You know, um, when I go, I will choose. You know to to communicate with the with the so, with the spirits mm-hmm. that are there, and either they choose to communicate with me or they don't. I don't come demanding them that they talk to me, mm-hmm. and I don't. And I have no intentions of expelling expelling them from that setting. For me, when you go to visit a historical setting, mm-hmm. everything about it is stuff you want to take in and enjoy. Um so to expel a ghost from that setting to me is like taking artwork from that setting, yeah. stealing things from that setting. Um you're you're not leaving it there for other people to enjoy, you know.
3: Yeah, I I I I just find it so number 1 unprofessional, number 2 it so really is, rude. Yeah and i can't understand why anyone in their right mind would even bother watching something as hideous as that
1: i know it's it's really uh, it's really awful
3: you know if they uh, can't these if,
1: are these are spirits mm-hmm. who you know don't have a always a voice of their yeah. own um depending on your your evp equipment and so forth mm-hmm. and so you have to actually work on building some sort of sympathetic bond with yeah. them in order to get them to talk to you. And I certainly had that happen when we were in Gettysburg. Tell me about that.
3: Gettysburg, over 50,000 casualties during the American Civil War.
1: Yeah, yeah, in about a two-day period. Um, Well, okay, so we were there for about five days, my husband and I and our dogs, and um, um, what happened was that by day three, Rob, nothing had happened, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, nothing had happened, and I was starting to get embarrassed. I mean, I'm journaling about this, I'm, I'm blogging about it, and now I'm going to have to go home empty-handed because nothing's happening. And yet, as I really thought about it, it started to occur to me, but it is happening. And what was starting to happen were these weird synchronicities. Everywhere we went, we were reminded of who, where, what state we were from. Um, you know, if we went on the ghost walk that evening, then there, you know, there were three other people from Minnesota. There were these weird coincidences around our home state, Minnesota, and they kept happening. And I thought, this is how the spirits are getting to know me in this setting. And naturally, in the middle of the war of the states, the first thing a soldier might ask another soldier is, where are where you from? Right. And and wanting to know, first of all, where are you from, because are are you on the north or are you on the south side of this?
3: Well, obviously Uh, they would know that by the uniform, so go on.
1: Well, you would think so. But Mm -hmm. in my case, I I felt like they were acknowledging where we were from. And as soon as we we were fine on the northern side, but as soon as we went to the southern side of the battlefield... Mm -hmm. I, I cannot believe this to this day. We were walking, and my husband um, was a few feet ahead of me, with walking one of one of our two dogs. And this log fell out of a tree. Apparently, it was a rotten branch or something. It just fell out of a tree and nearly killed him. And I and I thought we've got to get out of here. This is this is weird. That could have killed him. And I heard before it fell. I heard this like gunshot. And I thought, you know what, when you come to a place like this Mm -hmm. and you identify as a northerner, stay over on the northern (laughs) side if you're interested in getting caught up in the whole ghost world of this.
3: all right, But you are
1: slipping into their time. Okay,
3: this is is a very logical person you're speaking to. I'm a former police investigator, criminal investigator, journalist. How can you associate the sound of something that sounded like a gun, to a, to a branch falling out of a tree.
1: It was really a big branch. It was really thick and really round, and I had never seen anything like that happen in my life. Wow. Um, I'm not saying that trees don't fall down, but it wasn't a tree that's prone to that type of thing. It was an old oak. Um, by prone, I mean it wasn't one of the willows that mm-hmm. are, you know, kind of willow, widow makers and that sort of thing. But it just it was ominous. And it told me that, that the spirit world now identified us as northerners and that we should stay on the northern side of the battlefield because you literally slip into their time zone in places like that. And I don't know if it's because there were 50,000 deaths in two days, but to me some sort of time-space opening had occurred, some sort of portal. And so be cautious about that when you go to visit historical places because, you know, they're in the heat of battle.
3: You know, there were, 70, there were 7,000 Marines that were killed one day on the shores of Okinawa in Japan. Not one haunting, not one ghost story about the, the 7,000 Marines that lost their lives in the battle against the Japanese on that island. How come?
1: I don't know. Maybe they haven't documented it well enough.
3: Auschwitz. No stories about hauntings there. How come?
1: I don't know.
3: Why I only, mean, why only that, certain is places?
1: Is that the case? I mean, could you possibly have read every piece of history about World War II?
3: I haven't heard of any, any hauntings of buildings or places in London that were bombed during the night bombing raids by the German Air Force. And on the other side, I haven't heard any stories about hauntings of people who were killed during the night blitzes that were done by the allies so why is it only these these late civil civil war places or the old charlotte uh, the old virginian towns or gettysburg are filled with these stories is it part of the tourism trade
1: well, of course, I mean that's part of the allure. They wouldn't be mm-hmm. doing all the ghost walks that they do in all these different places if if that wasn't part of the tourism thing. but again, unless you've read every piece of literature mm-hmm. about it an area, you can't say that hauntings didn't occur. Um, maybe people were haunted and didn't write it down.
3: But where's the evidence? of what Of all these hauntings of seeing ghosts, seeing spirits? You know, besides EVPs and all these meters that well, are questionable, what do we at use, least.
1: But what do we use for evidence in a courtroom?
3: It depends if it's a civil case or a criminal case. In a, civil case mean, in a civil case, you just need 51% of the preponderance of hearsay evidence is allowed in a civil case. But when it comes to a criminal case, you need evidence.
1: Yeah, from witnesses. No. From eyewitnesses.
3: Well, you need, right. So you're going to, so would you take the word of somebody who says they, they saw a ghost as a credible witness?
1: Uh, Probably because it's embarrassing to tell people that you've, you know, a lot of people are very embarrassed to talk about the fact that they've seen a UFO or a But a a lot of people are
3: looking for their five minutes of claim, of fame.
1: Uh, It could be, it could be, but, but. Really, um, in a place, for instance, like Gettysburg, there Mm -hmm. are so many people who have seen things, apparitions and so forth. But
3: not unlike my questions about the communication with the dead, how much of this is the will of the person to actually want to see something that they manifest it themselves in their own mind?
1: Well, when I go to these places, I certainly want to see something Uh or I want to be able to take something back and put it in my travel log. But if nothing happened, I just write, nothing happened. I didn't feel anything, I didn't see anything, and so forth.
3: But doesn't the credibility of the claim have a lot to do with its actuality and the presentation and perseverance of evidence?
1: I still think that witnesses especially when you get several witnesses uh, are the best evidence we have
3: I disagree with you there I disagree I like physical evidence I like I like evidence that that speaks for its own validity without going through hearsay evidence Don't you
1: Well you know, again, you're getting you're getting accounts from people that often don't even know each other. I mean, have not had a chance to compare notes.
3: But they all go I, to I, that same place with the anticipation of seeing something. If
1: you've if you've lived 60 years as I have mm-hmm. or more and never seen a a branch fall out of a tree like that on someone, or, or very nearly hit him, right. um, I mean that by itself is just so unusual. I mean that in, in that instant that that would happen is just so unusual. And I'm not one of the ones who says I'm not one of the metaphysical people who says there are no accidents or coincidences in the world. But this was really unusual.
3: Janice, you and I have to say so long for tonight. I want to thank you for joining us and Exonation. If you'd like to find out more about Janice, her website is Janice Carlson. Com. I'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the X-Zone as we hopefully don't get a tree falling on us or we see too many ghosts. or I don't know. I have a real hard time believing this stuff. I really do. For once, I would like to see somebody bring me something that would prove that these entities, these spirits... Those who communicate or get communicated with on the other side really exist.
0: Don't go away. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online.
1: I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true.
0: Chumba Casino was America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes.